welcome to Stony Brook on this second Sunday in Advent. It is good to be in worship with you today. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey. I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor David Hoffman, along with our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas. As we begin our time together, you will find your connection card in your bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. Simply go to the worship section and you will find the connection card. I invite you to fill this out at some point during the worship service. This is a way for you to share that you were here in worship with us today. It's also a place for you to um, share any joys or concerns that you may have with the congregation. If you are worshiping in person, you can simply drop this in the offering basket on your way out today. The prime timers are happy and excited to announce the return of the holiday jazz concert from the Gahanna Lincoln High School Jazz Band. Uh, the band will be here at Stony Brook this coming Friday, December 10th at 11.30 a.m. This year we will not be serving a lunch. It will simply uh, be a music concert offering. So you are invited to come and enjoy the, uh, the music of the season from the students at Gahanna Lincoln High School. Uh, also, please note a change in our worship on Sunday, December 19th. On that day, the worship team is planning a special Christmas celebration in word and song. We will be led by our choir uh, and some readers and some other uh, musical leaders that will be leading us in that worship service that day. It will be during the 9.30 a.m. worship service here in the sanctuary. It will also be at 11 a.m. here in the sanctuary. And then there will not be an 8 a.m. worship service on that day. Also, we have our next participant for the New Home Project. Uh, she's ready to transition to independent living and is in need of some household items to help her get set up in her new home. You can find the list of items needed in your weekly electronic announcements, uh, or you can go online to stonybrook.church slash new home project uh, to sign up as well. You will find all of this information that I have shared and so much more about the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church in your weekly bulletin packet or online at stonybrook.church. I invite you now to uh, take a deep breath and quiet your hearts and your minds as our prelude prepares us for worship.
we watch and wait for Christ's coming. We light this candle in hope. We light this candle for peace. Hear Zechariah's song of hope for peace to the Christ child, a reading from Luke 1. You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Let us pray together. God of hope, Prince of peace, you speak peace into the world through the Christ child. Help us embody your peace. May we live as peacemakers as your children. God of hope, Prince of peace, into our darkness come. seated. I invite you to join me in a spirit of prayer. Children with guns, record homicide rates, violence in homes, rising virus cases. The reality of our world sits in stark contrast to the peaceful narrative we hold of your birth. The world feels anything but peaceful. And yet, the images, the story we have in our minds and in our hearts is one of a baby coming into the world among barn animals and angels. It's the stuff of Hallmark cards. We so easily forget that you too entered a hard, harsh world full of violence and fear and hurt. Help us to remember, O oh God, 
that you are present in the tough parts of life. This is precisely where you do your best work, forgiving, healing, resurrecting. Forgive us when we forget this, O God, or simply don't trust that you are capable. And so today, we pray for all of the places where this world is hurting, for people who are forgotten, neglected, and abandoned, for children in situations where they are required to have adult responsibilities, for families in conflict, for communities reeling from tragedy, for leaders who must make difficult decisions, for those who've made poor choices, for those who grieve, for those who wait, for those who seek your peace. Help us, O God. Remember that your peace is available at all times, no matter what is happening in the world. Guide us to be your peacemakers, working toward justice, offering forgiveness, and being open to your healing. Help us to be kind, compassionate, and loving toward this hurting world, just as you are gentle and tender with each of us. We pray this in the name of the one whose very birth offers peace in profound and transformative ways, Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for your gift of music this morning. Our scripture lesson today comes from the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 1 through 6. I invite us to hear these words. 
In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler over Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iteria and Trachonitis, and Licinius, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Friends, this is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. Well, we gather this day to witness and experience the work of the one who came before Jesus, John the Baptist, the one who appeared out in the wilderness, the charismatic one who proclaimed a baptism for the forgiveness of sins, the one who declared that there was one coming after him, the one dressed in camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist. John was sent to prepare others to, to set the stage. He was the one leading the sleigh, so to speak, the one with the red nose. <laughs> but the reins were in the hands of God. Now, maybe a little bit too soon, to be using any analogies that involve reindeer in the Hoffman house after Melissa's encounter with the deer last month, so I apologize. <laughs> but John's message was one that others could hear and easily recognize. They knew the stories of their faith by heart. They heard John's statement as a continuation of their own story. John proclaimed with renewed integrity the words of the prophet Isaiah. 
A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. They heard the good news and the prophet's warning that those valleys would soon be lifted up and the, and the rough places of inequality would be smoothed out. They knew what it was like to travel without paved roads and tunnels and bridges. They felt every twist and turn and bump in the road and often they had to take the long way around. And they knew nothing about road construction in central Ohio. <laughs> but friends, John's message is not one that we so easily recognize. One that we desperately need to hear, but find it difficult to recognize and even understand. And how we hear this text depends upon where we find ourselves if we find ourselves in, in the valley, this text can bring comfort. If we find ourselves on top of the mountain, this, this text can sound threatening and even challenging for us. And there's no doubt in my mind that, that John would probably take one look at the shape of our world and run right back into the wilderness. <laughs> However, we desperately need to hear John's words, not in a physical, material sort of way, but in a spiritual way. And John's presence somehow seems foreign to us in our preparation for Christmas. Why don't we just skip John, right? <laughs> She's got the difficult text next week. And we know that a figurine of John the Baptist would not be welcome in our nativity. Somehow it just wouldn't fit right in. <laughs> but his message of repentance sounds like it belongs in the season of Lent instead of the season of Advent. Can you imagine sitting in front of a, a crackling fire all settled in on a cold wintry night and suddenly the door bursts open and a gust of wind blows snow into your room and a man with a, a bushy beard and a camel skin outfit strides right in. There's fire in his eyes as he chews on a handful of locusts and takes a swig of honey. He says, how, how nice that you're feeling all cozy and happy. <laughs> Your holly and your mistletoe above the, the mantle looks great and, and what bright lights on your trees. And hey, is that fruitcake? That would go well with my locusts and honey. <laughs> Can you imagine that scene? And then John's questions and challenges about repentance begin. <laughs> Words for which we're not, not prepared probably never prepared for. You see, the, the way that most of us have been taught about repentance owns up, or winds up to owning up about how rotten we are. Admitting that we are on the naughty list and not just Santa's naughty list. It means saying out loud, or if only in the space of our own soul that we, we are selfish and sinful, deeply defective human beings who end up grieving the very heart of God. And more importantly, that we are very, very sorry about it. It means that dumping all of our pride out on the ground and stamping it, stamping right on it since pride is, is the root of so much evil in our world, and then we've been taught that repentance involves taking steps to turn the cheek and head in a different direction. You brood of vipers, that's in next week's text, but <laughs> repent, you brood of vipers, is John's message. It all sounds so devastating. 
Only what if it isn't? What, what if pride is not the problem at all, but, but it's very opposite? What if the main thing that, that most of us need to repent from in this season of our lives is not our arrogance, but, but rather our utter despair? Despair that things will never change for us, that we will never change, that no matter what we say or do, we are stuck forever in this mess that we have made of our lives or the mess that someone else has made of it or even the mess that the pandemic has made in our lives. That there can't be any hope for us or for those around us, no hope, no peace for our world, that, that our efforts can't possibly make a difference, that there is no beginning again, that there is no chance at new life. What if pride is not our problem at all, but it's very opposite? Now, I'm depressed and in despair. But if, what, what if John's role is not to complicate our lives, but to uncomplicate them? You see, I believe that despair is, is a much more serious problem than pride will ever be for most of us. It's so serious that we even have a, a baptismal vow aimed right at it. Do you remember our baptismal vows? I bet you've never thought of it in this way, but I challenge us to think about it. One of the questions that we're asked, do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever, whatever forms they present themselves? And we're challenged by asking to answer, I do. See, at times I think we find ourselves unknowingly oppressed by our very mindset and our state of being. And with God's help at our, our baptism, we make that vow to, to resist that despair that is thrown and thrust into our lives, a vow to resist the despair that can become a lingering influence in our lives. It too, I believe, is John the Baptist's vow. And it's not about keeping an eye on our rottenness. It's about keeping an eye on our despair and never letting it get the best of us. No matter how rough or uneven the ground, no matter how low the valleys stretch out before us. You see, John comes to us because he believes in God's goodness more than he believes in our badness. And the kind of repentance that most of us shrink from is all about us, right? You ever notice that? The kind of repentance that most of us shrink from is all about us. It's all about me, 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 the, the miserable sinner. It's no wonder it's so revolting. The other kind of repentance, the, the healing kind of repentance is far more interested in God, it spends more time looking at the kingdom of God and thinking about how we can bring God's kingdom here on earth rather than looking at our own reflection in the mirror. It is, has more to do with... It's more faith in God's power to make things new than in our own power to mess things up. Did you catch that? As more power, more faith in God's power to make things new than in our own power to mess things up. And it's precisely what I believe John the Baptist offered people, a fresh start, a cold shower, a cure for their despair, a chance to uncomplicate their lives. And John's, John's was a message of hope and ultimately one of peace. His gruff and unorthodox appearance, his, his booming voice catch our attention and then require us to overcome our tendency to judge and challenges us to listen and to peel back the layers. He offered it as a beginning, not an end. 
He knew that someone was coming after him who had something much more stronger to offer. So given all that we have been through, we have to ask, where are the prophets of today? Like I said earlier, I'm not sure that the prophets of old would have much patience with our world today. (laughs) It'd be a tough job, would it not? However, we, you and I, are called to be the prophets of our time. And just like John the Baptist, we've already been given the words and the stories to use in our proclamation. Jesus demanded, commanded us to love God, to love others, and to love ourselves. And Jesus, through his, his mission, own mission and his life, has, has taught us how to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We've already been given what we need. And it will be a tough job for us. But God is counting on us to make a difference in this world. Last week, a pastor friend of mine said it best. He said, what if, what if Advent is not just about waiting for God? What if Advent is about God waiting on us? Waiting on us to do something That puts a whole new spin on things for us in this Advent season. What if, as we are passively sitting back, waiting for God, God is actually waiting on us? Waiting on us to make a new faith commitment. Waiting on us to forgive someone who has wronged us. Waiting on us to reconcile a strained relationship with a loved one. Waiting for us to reach out and to help someone who is in need. Waiting on us to visit someone who is sad or lonely. Waiting on us to care for one another as if we are caring for God himself. Waiting for us to have the courage to speak peace into the lives of others. Friends, God is waiting on us as we are waiting for God to reveal God's self once again in this Advent and this Christmas season. May it be so. Amen. One of the ways that Stony Brook Church is able to offer hope to the world is through our Pastors Benevolence Fund. As is the custom on Communion Sundays at Stony Brook, we take a special offering to support this Benevolence Fund. When you come forward to receive communion later uh, during the worship service, there you will see baskets along the rail. You are invited to place uh, your offering for the Benevolence Fund into those baskets. The Benevolence Fund allows us to answer the calls that we receive from people who are needing some help paying rent, utilities, and and other ways that help uh, provide hope in their life. We are grateful for the ways that you support this fund and for the ways that you support all of the ministries of Stony Brook Church. I invite you now to rise as you are able as we sing together our doxology. we thank you for all of the ways that you wait on us to respond to you. Today we offer these gifts back to you. 
We offer them back to you and ask that you bless them and multiply them. May all of the ways that these gifts move throughout this community and beyond. May each of the people that receive them be blessed by you. Be blessed by those who, uh, by those who are called to give them to them. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Christ our Lord invites to this table all who live, love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful, Merciful God, God, we, we confess, confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory, Glory to, to God. God. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in, in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and, you, and the rich you send empty away. Your own Son came among us to be a servant, to be Emmanuel your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. And by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your holy church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all for, for, for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you drink of this cup, do this in remembrance of me. And so now in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we now offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we now proclaim the mystery of our faith together. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of the ways that we have gathered and on these breasts 
gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom kingdom come, come, thy thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread in which we break and share is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks and share is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Friends, these are God's gifts for us, God's people. The table is open to all those who are gathered here and those joining us online. You're invited to share in this holy sacrament, whether or not you're a member of this or of any congregation. Gluten-free elements are also available uh, for those who need them. And as you come forward this day, you'll be offered hand sanitizer and then given a piece of of cut bread and invited uh, to take uh, a a cup of juice. Friends, these are God's gifts for us, God's people. The table is, is ready. I invite those who are serving to come forward. I invite the ushers to lead us.
Friends, may that be our prayer, that God's light might shine in and through us, that we might be messages of hope and peace in this world. Let us go forth in God's care. Amen. Amen. Thank you.